Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 211. The fiddle player looks delighted, then crestfallen, and he says, But lordy, I'm a fiddle player, sir. It's all I know how to do. This fiddle knows me, and she loves me, and my fingers know her so well, I could play an air upon her in the dark. Where will I find another that sounds so fine? A thousand dollars is good money, but this is my livelihood. Not a thousand dollars, not for five thousand. Mine host sees his profits shrinking, but this is business, and you must spend money to make money. Eight thousand dollars, he says. It's not worth that, but I've taken a fancy to it, and I do love and indulge my niece. Abraham is almost in tears at the thought of losing his beloved fiddle, but how can he say no to eight thousand dollars, especially when mine host goes to the wall safe and removes not eight, but nine thousand dollars, all neatly banded and ready to be slipped into the fiddle player's threadbare pocket. You're a good man, he tells his host. You're a saint, but you must swear to take care of my girl, and reluctantly he hands over his violin. But what if mine host simply hands over Barrington's card and tells Abraham that he's come into some good fortune, asked Shadow. Then we're out the cost of two dinners, said Wednesday. He wiped the remaining gravy and leftovers from his plate with a slice of bread, which he ate with lip-smacking relish. Let me see if I've got it straight, said Shadow. So Abraham leaves, $9,000 the richer, and in the parking lot by the train station, he and Barrington meet up. They split the money, get into Barrington's Model A Ford, and head it for the next town. I guess in the trunk of that car, they must have a box filled with $100 violins. I personally made it a point of honor never to pay more than $5 for any of them, said Wednesday. Then he turned to the hovering waitress. Now, my dear, regale us with your description of the sumptuous desserts available to us on this our Lord's natal day. He stared at her. It was almost a leer, as if nothing that she could offer him would be as toothsome a morsel as herself. Shadow felt deeply uncomfortable. It was like watching an old wolf stalking a fawn too young to know that if it did not run and run now, it would wind up in a distant glade with its bones picked clean by the ravens. And that's our page. First and foremost, I don't know if it's accidental or not, but to have Abraham end on the line, take care of my girl, and have the page end on Wednesday almost literally salivating over the waitress child, it's a gross balance, but very well done if purposeful. Doubly so if we're considering Abraham to be Wednesday himself in this tale, which I guess we could discuss briefly. Wednesday is speaking from experience based on his response about never paying more than five bucks per lousy fiddle, so I could more easily see him playing the down-at-heel musician than the dealer Barrington, though a good con man, I suppose, would be able to play both parts as needed. Still, I think back to the blubbering mess Wednesday turned into when trying to pay for gas before he and Shadow got to Chicago. It's a small rotation to get from blubbering sad to blubbering happy as Abraham ends the uh, tale here. But I think I could more reliably see him in that role. Shadow gets lulled into Wednesday's old-timey language here as well as he starts to get a feel for the grift. He intuits that Abraham and Barrington meet up later in a Model A Ford, which is a bit of a dated reference as well. The Model A was the very first car made by Ford Motor Company between 1903 and 1904, though I would guess that Shadow is more likely referencing the later Model A that was produced between 1927 and 1931. It's a much sleeker design and something I could actually see Wednesday owning at some point. Curious to me about the Model A, assembly plants were in several places we've already discussed. Chicago, Illinois, San Francisco, California, Cork, Ireland. I don't think it's a particular connection, but it does show how the new gods could be able to travel from city to city and country to country. Business, especially big business and post-industrial automation. 
are largely a part of the new gods, especially for how it supports the service sector, controlled profits, and growth of late-stage capitalism. Okay, some of those words are definitely phrases and words I've heard before but never actually used aloud, and I think I just used them to make it make me sound smarter. Did it work? Toothsome, as you may know, means delicious, or in the case of a person, attractive, often sexually attractive, and this comes from the definition of tooth to mean a fondness or taste for something specified. And per Merriam-Webster, this version of tooth goes back at least to the time of Chaucer, which is simply stunning to me. The end of the page is a bit on the nose as well, but Shadow imagines the waitress as a young fawn being stalked by Wednesday as an old wolf, and metaphorically it works because Wednesday is certainly an old wolf stalking his prey here, and the addition of the ravens at the very bottom of the page is probably also accurate. Ooh, does that mean the ravens watch? Oh, man. Huh. Anyhow, it seems obvious from context, but just in case, Natal's day is very Wednesday, and it's a way to say birthday, or in this case, Christmas. However, I only put the note here because that means I can discuss the second definition spat out by Google relating to the buttocks, the natal cleft. I just love learning new things. Get in touch with the show at the world beyond the tail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which is used as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.